Hi, everybody. Today, we welcome Huang to the show. When Huang and her husband started a family, Huang's Vietnamese mother began insisting they buy a house. For Huang, the decision felt daunting, and she wasn't sure it was the right time. But her mother kept bringing it up, which, of course, created tension between them. Let's get into it. My name is Hong Samuelson. I am a writer from uh, Portland, Oregon. When I was growing up, I would call my parents Ma, that's my mom, and Ba, that's my dad. I'm the youngest of three. My second brother, me, and my parents came to uh, Portland in 1995. I was 10 at the time. In Vietnam, I grew up in the same house, and this was a house that my parents bought the land and built on. But over here, they didn't own a house. My dad passed away when I was 18. They never got the chance to buy a house or anything like that. So my mom has lived in apartments for years, and she still does. The dream of homeownership, she wanted it for me. So I have a family and a partner and kids, and so she's, she's very much on stability. For a long time, she was pushing me to buy a house. It was irritating, I have to admit. It was, it was her saying, now you have children, wouldn't it be better to have a home for them? Which I agree. It's good to have a, a roof over your head. And, but the way she was going about it was more like, like, you need to buy a house or else kind of conversation. And I was like, I'll buy a house. I want to buy a house. But I don't think she realizes how hard it is to buy a house. So my mom, she lived with me for a while after my daughter was born. And at the time, we lived in this very tiny apartment, like three adults and one child in there. And we were all sharing one big bedroom. We would rearrange certain furniture around just to make things appear larger than it actually is. And from that experience, um, she's just started dropping words here and there, hints and things like, don't you think it's better to have a house? Apartments are stupid. Apartments are not for families. I mean, to be honest, I, I was I sort of brushed it off. I think I was more dismissive because I just didn't want to hear that. Um, I'm not making enough money right now, so it'll happen, sure. Just not right now. That'll be the end of the conversation. It's frustrating to me because it makes the presumption that everyone should buy a house if they have a family. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I, a house is, is a good investment. It, you know, it's a way to build equity. It's a stable place. Absolutely. But it is not for everyone. It's not something that we should assume that everyone should want. Like not everyone wants to be a mom. Not everyone wants to be, uh, wants to go to college. Not everyone wants to do X, Y, Z. So especially, you know, like being a daughter and, and the youngest, there are certain expectations that we have. To contend with, um, especially in, in Vietnamese culture, oldest children and youngest children are sometimes relegated as the supposedly responsible, like you're supposed to be taking care of your parents when they're old and frail and they're sick. And um, she knew that my brothers had their own families and they are just doing their own thing and they probably are not going to do what she wants. So I sort of had this unspoken expectation that there's certain things that I'm supposed to do as as a daughter 
So I bought a house <laughs> a few years ago. So I did that. I had to work towards that. And we talked about the numbers a lot, my husband and I, like, what what is the minimum that we need in order to qualify? We weren't making, you know, enough to really get approved for a loan. But at a certain point, when I started making more money, and my husband started making a little more, we got to the point where we did. And so we talked about it a lot. And luckily, my mom also helped out with some of the, the down payment costs as well. I don't regret it. I I think it's a it's a good decision, but we were uh, you know afraid to to jump ship because you know it's buying a house is no joke. It's long process and it's expensive and takes a lot out of you. Whew. Buying a home is a huge decision with long, long lasting implications. And it's definitely not something to take lightly or to do under pressure. Huang's story reminded me that home ownership is such a huge part of the quote-unquote American dream that our parents have for themselves and for us. All of this, of course, made me wonder, how should we, especially in today's economy, talk about home ownership? And you know, make the best decisions for our family while educating our parents about, you know, how much things have changed and how much more difficult it is to attain that piece of the American dream. Of course, to help us figure it out, I called in an expert. My name is Tao, and I am a financial planner. Um, I've been in the industry for a little over than 10 years. I work for a firm called Morton Wealth, based in Los Angeles, California. I originally from Vietnam. I immigrated here when I was 16 and been financially independent since then. Yeah, and also supporting my parents. So I guess this is great for me to be here. That's amazing. <laughs> So, Tao, let's start at the beginning with the same question I always ask. As you listened, what stood out in Juan's story for you? I think it's very relatable to my personal story. It is very typical for an immigrant parents wanting you to buy a house. And honestly speaking, even with my current clients who are, you know, third, fourth generation American, it is very common. But to me, what stood out is the underlying question of not about the how you're going to buy it, but the why they want you to buy. So something that you may have to peel out and get an understanding is the why. Because for many immigrants, they subscribe to the American dream. They want to pursue a better life, not just for themselves, but for their next generation. Coming here, they're expecting something better. Right. Because they already sacrificed a life for you. Right. So they hope that like eventually you being here, you will have the exposure to a better life, a better future. So the American dream, having a job, getting married, having kids, having a house, having a car, that is the definition of success. So how do you begin the conversation with your clients about deciding whether they can, deciding whether it's the right time, deciding whether they're doing it for the right reasons, right? Yeah, that is a very, very tough conversation. And of course, it's never easy. Even with 
the clients who, you know, parents are very wealthy. Mm-hmm. A lot of time when parents want it, they don't think about the affordability of their kids. They just look at, hey, you know, this is the house. And if you are doing well in life, this is what you should do. To me, it is an opportunity of conversation and getting an understanding between the two generation. Especially in this case, Hong, like, you know, maybe talk to her mom, like, hey, mom, I hear you. I understand you. I understand that you care for me and you want me to success, but having a house may, may not be the right thing for me. And here's the reason X, Y, Z. Because like if she avoiding that conversation or just buy it herself, she will be the one who have to live with it later on, not her mom. How do you help your clients who might be second, third generation have the information they need? Like, what are the logical ways that we can have this conversation with our parents? Because this conversation is essentially a conversation about the symbolic access to success. And for them, it's very much embodied in the house. Mm -hmm. But the reality might not be able to get you to the symbol. Like in Huang's case, You know, young couple with young children, lots of other things to consider, including their actual income. So what are some of the real life facts that we can bring to bear to a conversation with our parents, even if our parents are like, we'll help you? Yeah, a lot of time people don't understand the true cost of a house ownership. It's not just the house price. They forgot to also consider the closing cost. The down payment, even if the parents help, right? I mean, today, during this current interest environment, I would highly recommend my client to put down at least 20% of the house value, median home price in Poland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like 522 right now. But let's just say 500, you know, so 20% of that would be 100,000. So a lot of time people, you know, most American, like they don't have the ability to come up with a hundred thousand. Most Americans don't have $400 in savings. That's a fact. Like today. Exactly. Exactly. There's a lot of like loan program out there that encourage the first time home buyer, but there's a cost to that. You will have to pay higher interest. You know, like nothing will come for free. So people forget about that. They forget about home maintenance. They forget about property tax. That would be something that you may want to sit your parents down and like maybe just pretend like here, I'm going to buy a house, but this is the cost I will have to take on. One more thing that I want to point out as well is in Vietnam, there is no such thing as credit score. It's very common that people buy a house, miss a payment and they are still okay or, you know, lending money to friends and family and not paying back and then they still be okay. It's not a thing here, right? You will be in deep trouble if you don't pay your loan and you may have to, you know, foreclose your house too. So, I mean, those are the risks that Huang will be facing if she buy a house that she cannot afford. And maybe her parents don't know that and they need to understand that. All right. So let's talk about some of the realities that Gen Zs are facing, which is that they have the most student loans of any generation, which is that they're coming into an economy that's probably headed to another recession. So there aren't as many well-paying jobs. They are also coming into an economy that is not really prioritizing home ownership as much because 
it's just not part of the lifestyle for that generation. So how do you help the Gen Z, the newest generation that's joining the labor force in getting financially ready for these potential big purchases down the line? One quick way for me to assess like the affordability also is to look at the monthly payment that you have to pay for your home loan. Mm -hmm. Let's say that you make a hundred thousand a year. Depends on where you live. Sometimes you have to pay state tax as well, but just consider that tax you have to pay like from 20% to 30% from your pay pre-tax, right? So then you only have 70 to 80% left to spend. Ideally, you want to save for your future, especially in this case, Huang also have a kid. So, well, because she also have her parents, so she probably will support her parents a little bit too. So you have to count that in as her fixed cost. So spending for her living and for student loan should be half of her leftover bucket, which is, let's say, 40%. So 100 minus 20 is 80. So then now we take off another half is 40. So the maximum that she should be spending for a home loan would be 40% of her pre-tax paycheck. Okay. So that would be like a very like, you know, quick and easy assessment of like whether she can afford it. That is really, really, really helpful. Thank you for that. Yeah. And let's just be clear that $100,000 is not anywhere close to the average household income in the United States and is certainly not the average household income for Gen Z. So in most instances, people are living and, and doing well on, you know, fifty or $60,000 a year. Mm-hmm. It really all depends on where you live. And so... Make sure that you're looking at cost of living where you are. Make sure that you are looking at interest rates where you are. Mm -hmm. And make sure that you have a sense of how much stability you're going to have in your job over the next two to three years. Yeah. I mean, owning a house is no longer the definition of success, especially for our generation. Having a happy family with kind kids, you know, like that to me is a huge success already. So actually, I love what you just said. Let's talk about, Tao, how you help your clients redefine financial success for themselves. Yeah, so that is a behavioral finance kind of question that I really love to go through with all of my clients. I love to sit the client down and ask them the question like, hey, what is it that will make you feel that your life is worth living? What do you truly value in your life? Like whether it is travel, whether it's time, quality time spent with your kids or whatever that is, you know, like it is a simple question, but it's not like an easy answer for a lot of people. So I highly recommend Huang to have that question for herself and with her partner also. Just sit down and really ask her what really bring life out of her, what really motivates her to wake up and go, you know, get out of bed every day. Or what is it that keep her stay up at night? have that conversation with each other and fight it out yourself. Because also like a lot of time, your first memory of money also like make a huge impact on how you view money later on as well. Okay. I really want you to say a lot more about that. Like for me, I grow up, money was an easy access thing for me. So for me, for a period of time, it feel like an empowerment. You know, I know that money can buy me things. But as I go through life, My family go through bankruptcy and I have to, you know, become financially independent. So for a moment, to me, money means fear. So when I grow up, 
it changed my behavior of like spending and saving. And I still have that fear that I'm still working on, you know, like to not like spending enough on my life and not like allowing me to enjoy the value that it can bring to me. You know, you need to balance that. Getting an understanding of what triggers you, like why do you look at it this way? All right, so my next question has to do very simply with how much should we tell our parents about our money and our finances? In Vietnamese, there is an expectation that if you are doing well, you should be taking care of them as well. In Vietnamese, they call it heal, which means, you know, like taking care of your parents, loving them. But um, we have to understand that that doesn't, you know, if you don't do a certain thing for them, like buying a house, that doesn't mean like you dishonoring them. It doesn't mean that you are like disrespect them. You are taking care of them in a long way, which is not putting them into a financial hardship because you doing something just to make them happy and not being honest with yourself and your ability to pay. Right, right. Yeah. All right, my last question is, are there any absolute do not do this under any circumstances that you would caution us as we have these sensitive conversations around money with our families? Don't shut down. If you shut down, it will further the resentment and the misunderstanding between the two generations. You have to be patient and take your time and explain to them and just take this as like an opportunity to bridge the gap between the two of you. Thank you so much for all this wisdom and for the practical advice. Please, please come back. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Here's what we learned from Tao. Discuss the fine print. When speaking with parents about the possibility of buying a house, address things like closing costs, property taxes, maintenance fees, and credit scores. This will help them have a more accurate idea of the long-term commitments implied by homeownership. Do the math. Take a clear-eyed view of your income, taxes, and fixed living expenses to help you and your loved ones really evaluate what you can actually afford. And remember, redefine financial success. Think about what you value, what makes you feel alive, and what makes your life worth living. Use this clarity to make your financial plans and to guide your spending and investing decisions. Thank you for listening and for sharing us. How to Talk to Mommy and Papi About Anything is an original production of LWC Studios. Virginia Lora is the show's producer. Trent Lightburn makes this episode. I'm the creator and host, Juleka Lantigua. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at Talk to Mommy Papi. Bye, everybody. Same place next week. <laughs>